Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. Well, welcome to Crossroads this morning. Good to be here with you. My name is Dan Bosco. Most of you I know. Some of you I may not know. Um, I was on staff for 13 years, left staff about three years ago, and uh, went back east to do some things. And um, I've been back about a year now, uh, working locally, and uh, it's just a joy to be back. Um, Good to see some faces, some familiar faces and some new faces. But uh, if you are new to Crossroads, we're grateful for you being here today. Definitely take one of those cards in the seat back, fill that out, let us know you're here. We'd love to connect with you, tell you more about what we have going on and uh, how you can get involved. So uh, good to have you here. Let me pray for our time and we'll, we'll dive in. Lord, thank you so much for uh, today. Um, thank you for everyone who's gathered here today. Uh, I just pray, Lord, that you just bless our time, you just open our hearts to what you want to show us today. I pray you'll uh, lead us and guide us every step of the way through the scriptures we'll talk about today. Thank you, Lord, that you just care about us, you love us, you, you're working with us and in us and through us, Lord. And what a joy, um, just as we sang, that you are always working all things together for good, that you are the artist and uh, um, the potter and we are the, the canvas and the clay. And I love that song and just love the the meaning behind that. So I just pray as we dive in that you'll just bless this. Bless this time in Christ's name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, um, Steve is down in Texas with um, getting some kids back to school or a kid. I I was thinking about it earlier. I've just lost track of how many they have. and, And... I mean, and who's in school? I think Jonathan was down, and uh, oh, Maggie, right? Maggie, uh, this is her first year at, at Baylor, so lots of good stuff happening there. And um, so I get the opportunity to speak today, um, and uh, what a joy, what a blessing. Like I said, three years uh, since I left to go back east, and a lot's happened in three years, hasn't it? I mean, you think about these last three years, what three years it has been. You know, between the pandemic and between the political uh, just craziness and that whole deal. And, um, and uh, um, yeah, you know, just, just all, just even now, the, you watch and, and, and watch and see what's happening in Afghanistan and um, Middle East and other places. There's a lot going on, isn't there? A lot of stuff happening right now. And, you know, as I thought about that and I thought about what the uh, Lord has put in my heart to share today, really hit me. You know, I, I, think, I think all of this stuff of the last three years, especially, and we can go back many years before that too. There's been other times like this where it's just got, the wheels are, just feel like they're coming off. And, um, and I, I, I really think that, you know, there's two things that often happen. Well, three things. We're going to talk about those today. And then we're going to talk about what Jesus has to say about them because we really want to get God's perspective, Christ's perspective on, on this. And a couple of the big things I want to chat about today is this. I think some of the stuff that happens, some of the impact, especially of these last few years, has been that we can easily fall into a funk or a frenzy. A funk or a frenzy. A funk in the sense that, man, we just get so wrapped up emotionally, so tied into some of these events, some of these situations, some of the circumstances. And this is just globally. It could be us personally and stuff going on in our own lives. But we get so wrapped up in it and so entangled and so tethered to it that we can't see our way anywhere. We're just absolutely 
just, it's just everything to us. Is this situation I have or the situation out there? Is it the political realm? And, and you, you engage folks and, and it's, it's all that comes out, you, you know? And maybe for the first 10 seconds, it's like, hey, how are you? And then you, you're like, oh, good, and how are you? And boom, it just, it just pours out and it's just stuff and stuff and stuff. And hey, you know, we love everybody right where they're at, but, but that's a funk, and you can just feel it, and it just weighs people down, and, and, and it's just hard to move forward when you got that going on. Or, or it's the frenzy side. It's just the... And I, I can only think of that, that, that old Seinfeld episode where Kramer got the free lifetime subscription to cappuccinos, I think. And it was, it was just, just the sense of frenzy, just the sense of I'm always going and going and going and just, just wired. And, and, and I don't have my cell phone on me, but... I mean, those things don't help, right? I mean, we're on all the time. 24-7, we can be on. Even when we're sleeping, we can, that thing can beep and wake us up and tell us we got a new text message or we have an email. I mean, we're always, always on. Reading a book this um, winter, matter of fact, with Blake Appleby right there, and uh, uh, Get Your Life Back by John Eldridge. He does a great job of breaking down the impact of just media today and, and how that just leads to the frenzy. But I think these are a couple of the responses. And, and I always ask, Lord, well, what do we do with this? I mean, what, what do we learn um, from this? I mean, I, I want to know. It's, it's happening. It could be in my own life. It could be out there. Uh, it could be in other people's lives, their own personal crisis, whatever may be going on. There is a, a, a funk or a frenzy, and I, I think this is what the Lord has been showing me. More than anything, we are not really in control. We're not really in control. And often, often the funk and the frenzy comes from us having to wrestle with reality that we're not really in control. And the funk comes from the feeling the weight of something we weren't really designed to lift. The weight of what's going to happen politically, what's going to happen in Afghanistan, what's going to happen with the pandemic, the weight that comes from that, which is real stuff, we can't ignore it. But the weight of that, if we don't see it through the eyes of Christ, through Christ's perspective, it can become overwhelming and become a real funk. At the same time, sometimes we respond to that stuff. We experience it. We see it. We turn on the news. We hear more about it or it's stuff in our own life. And we get all frenzied because we're trying to do something about it when we really can't. I can't change the situation in Afghanistan. Now, I can maybe be a part of helping send aid there or doing something, but ultimately I can't change it. And I think part of the problem, some of the struggle, some of the reasons we fall into funk and frenzy is because we're trying to control things we can't control. The reality is, you know, and I did this, I said this in the first service and I I did it. This was my big decision between the first service and the second service. How many shots of espresso will I have in my latte? That was, I have decisions to make. You have decisions to make. There are things we get to control. God has entrusted us with that we get to be a steward of and we get to control. And that's all good. But the reality is I think we got some things mixed up where we're trying to feel the weight and, 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 and the need to solve things that are just so out of our control. 
and it leads to funk, and it leads to frenzy. So I always ask, Lord, what, what do we do with this? I mean, okay, I'm not really in control. So what does that mean? What, what do I learn from this? And I just want to take you through a couple graphs. I, I love graphs. I love visuals and things like that. Um, and here's a, the first thing, this little lower quadrant. Um, most of us get into Christianity, as I did when I was 25, because we went to youth group. Well, I didn't go to youth group when I was 25. I was, I was actually grown. And, um, but I went to a singles group that was fun. Um, uh, but some people come to faith when they're young, and they're in youth group, and it's vacation Bible school. It's whatever. It's just a lot of fun. And, and so you, you begin to see faith as something where you get knowledge about God, you learn about God, and then you, you practice that faith. And that often just becomes what most of us experience as Christianity. It's like, okay, I learn about God and I go practice it. And that's good stuff. And it should be fun. I mean, some of the folks that, that I met when I was 25, 26, they were fun people. And, and, and part of the blessing of being a Christian is that we should be the most joyful people on the planet. Right? Amen? And... and um. So that's not a bad thing. But if that's all our Christian faith is about, boy, we're missing out on something very, very significant. We're missing out on, on the intimacy with the Lord. And, 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 and here's what happens. We go through life and we get knowledge and we practice and that's all good. Again, not a bad thing. It should be enjoyable. But inevitably, we all hit a crisis. We hit a crisis point. It may be personal for us, or it may be this pandemic. It may be the political thing. It may be the Afghan uh, uh, crisis. Stuff happens, and it's in, we can't avoid it. It's inevitable. We're going to hit things. We're imperfect people living in an imperfect world, and everybody's got imperfections. It could be physical imperfections. It could be health imperfections. It could just be our attitude, our personality. There's things that can bang and inevitably it's going to happen. So, so here's the deal. For some of us, we got three things on, on the th- three ways we can go with it when this happens. You'll see on the screen, one is <clears throat> we can just say, I don't really want to deal with that. I'm just going to go, I just want to have fun. And if you're not going to be funnish, I just don't want you around. But I'm just going to go find fun somewhere. And it's kind of a denial almost. It's denying the reality that there's a crisis out here or there's a crisis in here or maybe there's both. And, and we just kind of just push it away and, and just come back here. Or, or we isolate and we go do this or we jump and join a different church or we just, we're just kind of loosey-goosey, just floating around because we, we just don't want to deal with the reality that there's something going down. And some of us embrace it, and we, we see the crisis, and we're trying to get God's eyes on it, but we don't have the eyes of Christ on it, and, and, and we fall into the funk I was talking about. And we just get overwhelmed with, with things. And, and overwhelmed with what's happening. And, and, and others will just, just get busy about things. 
Just get frenzied and, and, and just do, 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 do. Just, I just have to just keep going. And neither of these, while understandable, why we end up in the places we end up, none of these are what Christ invites us into. It's not what he has for us. He has something so much better for us. So what often happens when we're in these situations, we get some great verses from friends, perhaps. You're kind of in the funk. You're kind of feeling anxious. You're kind of feeling, man, this is just, well, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. A beautiful verse, a wonderful verse. God's word never returns void. It goes out, it does something, it comes back. But you know what? If, if we haven't seen the crisis through the eyes of Christ, which I'm going to talk about in a few minutes, it doesn't necessarily stick. It works for maybe a few moments, a few minutes, a few hours, a few days. It doesn't necessarily stick. Others will say, man, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going, I'm going, I'm going. And life is just so busy. I'm just so bit, blah, 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 blah. Well, be still and know that he is God. Great verse. Fantastic verse. But again, if we haven't seen the crisis through the eyes of Christ and gotten his perspective on it and followed him through it, it doesn't necessarily stick. God's word always does something, but it doesn't necessarily stick with us. And so well-meaning, and they're beautiful, and man, I've spoken those things over myself. I've spoken them over other people, and, and yet some cool things have happened. But what I've realized, there's a, a more significant verse. When the crisis comes, and these verses supplement that verse, but when the crisis comes, this is the verse. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. You see, Philippians 4 is great, but until we experience Matthew 16, it doesn't really stick. Psalm 46.10 is fantastic. But unless at the forefront is Matthew 16, 24, and that experience, it doesn't stick. And I think this is why we have so much funk and so much frenzy, even among Christians, even in my own life. I mean, gang, I saw this in my own life. <clears throat> as much as, you know, a few years ago, I thought I was responding to a calling as I went back east and God used it, amazing things happen as it, he always uses everything as we sang about. But it wasn't so much a response to a calling as it was a running from a crisis. There was a crisis in my own soul. There was a funk and a frenzy I was wrestling with and back and forth between that I couldn't get my hands around. But I can tell you, probably people saw it that knew me. 
as much as we're in a small group, Jeff, and you've probably picked up on some things. Yeah, that sounds like a cool calling to go back east and do what you're doing. There was something off, something just not quite right. And Bob Brining pointed something out, and some others did. But you know what? In my desire to save face, to be honest, you know, there was just a sense of, this is what I'm doing. I got this new, fresh thing. And God used it, and he uses everything, and I'm so grateful for it, and I needed to make some changes, no doubt about it. But let me tell you, what I didn't realize was I was in crisis mode, and I needed more than anything to follow him. I needed to say, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him. Instead, I just wanted to go have some fun in Atlanta. Not a bad thing. God used it. Had some fun experiences. But what I've realized now is this greater sense of what he wants to do. So as we go through this, as as we go from, you know, growing in our faith and we hit the crisis point and there's funk and there's frenzy, what he's inviting us to is to follow him. Follow him. So I want to break this down for you. What does this look like? There's a denial. There's a cross and a call to follow. There's a denial, a cross, and a call to follow. And I kind of did it like this idea because denial involves death. It involves a death to self. So let me give you these three things. Deny, cross, and follow. The idea of denial is denying of self, as he said in that verse. It's this call to live for his story. It's this call to say there's something bigger going on than my little world or even a global pandemic or even political chaos or or a Middle East chaos. There is something much deeper going on. There's a much bigger story being written. And God invites me to go live for his story. You see... I want to live for my own story. Matter of fact, I want to be the author of the story so I can write in what I want to do and what it looks like so I can control my life. And he's saying instead, no, live for his story. Rick Warren in his best-selling book, 50 Million Copies, Googled it this morning. First four words of his book in the purpose-driven life. Does anyone know what they are? Yeah. It's not about you. Oh, but so, (laughs) so often I want to make it about me. And my gut is maybe you do that at times too. Make it about us. In Christ, the, the first thing to not live in funk, to not live in frenzy, to not back off and to just say, I want to have fun, is to say, it's not about me. There's a bigger story going on in this world that God is writing. And he invites us to join him in the story, put down the pen on writing our own story, and join him in his story. That's his invitation. Matter of fact, I want to read to you from Psalm 33. Verse 12. What joy joy for the nation whose God is the Lord whose people he has chosen as his own inheritance. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne, he observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. 
The best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is, a, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory. For all of its strength, it cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who are going after his story, those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from the death, from death, and keeps them alive in times of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our shield, our, our help and our shield. He and him, our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Isn't that good? So good. It's, it's the reality that God is doing something so big and so glorious, and we so often make it all about this right here. And he says, come and invite. Or he says, I invite you to come and join me in the story that I'm writing. So three words that stick out to me for this is worship, gratitude, and surrender. A sense of worship. And every morning waking up and just saying, Lord, I just want to worship you. And you know what? Some things that always come to my mind is, God, this is your universe. This is your planet. It's your creation. You're running the show. You're in control. You know everything. You see everything. You have a plan. You're a God of love. You're a God of forgiveness. You're a God of redemption and restoration. Uh, you're a God of, uh, the, uh, of power and provision and the supernatural. And it begins to beg my heart to, to, and it invites my heart to just worship him. I say, wow, that's who God is. Amazing who he is. And it begs me to just worship and adore him. And then to express gratitude to say, Lord, thank you for everything you give me. Are we grateful for the simple things in life? I think I've shared this before, but matter of fact, my first six months here and living with a family and, and finding out that the wife could not smell or taste and Am I, am I grateful for the fact that I can smell and taste? Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. Well, welcome. Crossroads this morning. Good to be here with you. My name is Dan Bosco. Most of you I know. Some of you I may not know. Um, I was on staff for 13 years, left staff about three years ago, and uh, went back east to do some things, and um, I've been back about a year now, uh, working locally, and uh, it's just a joy to be back. Um, good to see some faces, some familiar faces, and some new faces, but uh, if you are new to Crossroads, we're grateful for you being here today. Definitely take one of those cards in the seat back, fill that out, let us know you're here. We'd love to connect with you, tell you more about what we have going on, and uh, how you can get involved, so... Uh, Good to have you here. Let me pray for our time and we'll, we'll dive in. Lord, thank you so much for uh, today. Um, thank you for everyone who's gathered here today. Uh, I just pray, Lord, that you just bless our time, you just open our hearts to what you want to show us today. I pray you'll uh, lead us and guide us every step of the way through the scriptures we'll talk about today. Thank you, Lord, that you just care about us, you love us, you, you're working with us and in us and through us, Lord, and what a joy. Um, just as we sang, that you are always working all things together for good, that you are the artist and uh, 
I'm the potter and we are the, the canvas and the clay. And I uh, love that song and just love the, the meaning behind that. So I just pray as we dive in that you'll just bless this. Bless this time in Christ's name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, um, Steve is down in Texas with um, getting some kids back to school or a kid. I, I was thinking about it earlier. I, I've just lost track of how many they have. And, and I mean, and who's in school? I think Jonathan was down. And uh, oh, Maggie, right? Maggie, uh, this is her first year at, at Baylor. So lots of good stuff happening there. And um, so I get the opportunity to speak today. Um, and uh, what a joy, what a blessing. Like I said, three years uh, since I left to go back east, and a lot's happened in three years, hasn't it? I mean, you think about these last three years, what three years it has been, but, you know, between the pandemic and between the political uh, just craziness and that whole deal, and, um, and uh, um, yeah, you know, just, just all, just even now, the you watch and, and, and watch and see what's happening in Afghanistan and um, Middle East and other places. There's a lot going on, isn't there? A lot of stuff happening right now. And, you know, as I thought about that and I thought about what the uh, Lord has put in my heart to share today, it really hit me. You know, I, I, think, I think all of this stuff of the last three years especially, and we can go back many years before that too, there's been other times like this where it's just got the wheels are, just feel like they're coming off. And, um, and I, I, I really think that, you know, there's two things that often happen. Well, three things. We're going to talk about those today, and then we're going to talk about what Jesus has to say about them, because we really want to get God's perspective, Christ's perspective on, on this. And a couple of the big things I want to chat about today is this. I think some of the stuff that happens, some of the impact, especially of these last few years, has been that we can easily fall into a funk or a frenzy. A funk or a frenzy? A funk in the sense that, man, we just get so wrapped up emotionally, so tied into some of these events, some of these situations, some of the circumstances. And this is just globally. It could be us personally and stuff going on in our own lives. But we get so wrapped up in it and so entangled and so tethered to it that we can't see our way anywhere. We're just absolutely... Just it's just everything to us is this situation I have or the situation out there is it the political realm and and you you engage folks and and it's it's all that comes out you, you know and maybe for the first ten seconds it's like hey how are you and then you, you're like oh good and how are you and boom it just it just pours out and it's just stuff and stuff and stuff and hey you know we love everybody right where they're at but but that's a funk. And you can just feel it, and it just weighs people down, and, and, and it's just hard to move forward when you got that going on. Or, or it's the frenzy side. It's just the... And I, I can only think of that, that, that old Seinfeld episode where Kramer got the free lifetime subscription to cappuccinos, I think. And it was just, just the sense of frenzy, just the sense of I'm always going and going and going and just, just wired. And, and, and I don't have my cell phone on me, but... I mean, those things don't help, right? I mean, we're on all the time. 24-7, we can be on. Even when we're sleeping, we can, that thing can beep and wake us up and tell us we got a new text message or we have an email. I mean, we're always, always on. Reading a book this um, winter, matter of fact, with Blake Apple will be right there, and uh, uh, Get Your Life Back by John Eldridge. 
he does a great job of breaking down the impact of just media today and, and how that just leads to the frenzy. But I think these are a couple of the responses. And, and I always ask, Lord, well, what do we do with this? I mean, what, what do we learn um, from this? I mean, I, I want to know it's, it's happening. It could be in my own life. It could be out there. Uh, it could be in other people's lives, their own personal crisis, whatever may be going on. There is a, a, a funk or a frenzy. And I, I think this is what the Lord has been showing me more than anything. We are not really in control. We're not really in control. And often, often the funk and the frenzy comes from us having to wrestle with reality that we're not really in control. And the funk comes from the feeling, the weight of something we weren't really designed to lift. The weight of what's going to happen politically, what's going to happen in Afghanistan, what's going to happen with the pandemic, the weight that comes from that, which is real stuff, we can't ignore it. But the weight of that, if we don't see it through the eyes of Christ, through Christ's perspective, it can become overwhelming and become a real funk. At the same time, sometimes we respond to that stuff. We experience it. We see it. We turn on the news. We hear more about it or it's stuff in our own life. And we get all frenzied because we're trying to do something about it when we really can't. I can't change the situation in Afghanistan. Now, I can maybe be a part of helping send aid there or doing something, but ultimately I can't change it. And I think part of the problem, some of the struggle, some of the reasons we fall into funk and frenzy is because we're trying to control things we can't control. The reality is, you know, and I did this, I said this in the first service and I I did it. This was my big decision between the first service and the second service. How many shots of espresso will I have in my latte? That was, I have decisions to make. You have decisions to make. There are things we get to control. God has entrusted us with that we get to be a steward of and we get to control. And that's all good. But the reality is I think we got some things mixed up where we're trying to feel the weight and, 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 and the need to solve things that are just so out of our control. And it leads to funk and it leads to frenzy. So I always ask, Lord, what do do we do with this? I mean, okay, I'm not really in control. So what does that mean? What what do I learn from this? And I just want to take you through a couple graphs. I I love graphs. I love visuals and things like that. Um, And here's the first thing, this little lower quadrant. Um, Most of us get into Christianity, as I did when I was 25, because we went to youth group. Well, I didn't go to youth group when I was 25. I was, I was actually grown. And, um, but I went to a singles group that was fun. Um, uh, but some people come to faith when they're young, and they're in youth group, and it's vacation Bible school. It's whatever. It's just a lot of fun. And, and so you, you begin to see faith as something where you get knowledge about God, you learn about God, and then you, you practice that faith. And that often just becomes what most of us experience as Christianity. It's like, okay, I learn about God and I go practice it. And that's good stuff. And it should be fun. I mean, some of the folks that that I met when I was 25, 26, they were fun people. 
And, and, and part of the blessing of being a Christian is that we should be the most joyful people on the planet. Right? Amen? And, and um, so that's not a bad thing. But if that's all our Christian faith is about, boy, we're missing out on something very, very significant. We're missing out on, on the intimacy with the Lord. And, 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 and here's what happens. We go through life and we get knowledge and we practice and that's all good. Again, not a bad thing. It should be enjoyable. But inevitably, we all hit a crisis. We hit a crisis point. It may be personal for us or it may be this pandemic. It may be the political thing. It may be the Afghan uh, uh, crisis. Stuff happens and it's in, we can't avoid it. It's inevitable. We're going to hit things. We're imperfect people living in an imperfect world. And everybody's got imperfections. It could be physical imperfections. It could be health imperfections. It could just be our attitude, our personality. There's things that can bang and inevitably it's going to happen. So, so here's the deal. For some of us, we got three things on, on the th- three ways we can go with it when this happens. You'll see on the screen, one is <clears throat> we can just say, I don't really want to deal with that. I'm just going to go, I just want to have fun. And if you're not going to be funnish, I just don't want you around. But I'm just going to go find fun somewhere. And it's kind of a denial almost. It's denying the reality that there's a crisis out here or there's a crisis in here or maybe there's both. And, and we just kind of just push it away and, and just come back here or, or we isolate and we go do this or we jump and join a different church or <clears throat> we just, we're just kind of loosey-goosey just floating around because we, we just don't want to deal with the reality that there's something going down. And some of us embrace it and we, we see the crisis and we're trying to get God's eyes on it, but we don't have the eyes of Christ on it and, and, and we fall into the funk I was talking about. And we just get overwhelmed with, with things and, and overwhelmed with what's happening. And, and, and others will just, just get busy about things, just get frenzied and, and, and just do, 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 do. Just, I just have to just keep going. And neither of these, while understandable, why we end up in the places we end up, none of these are what Christ invites us into. It's not what he has for us. He has something so much better for us. So what often happens when we're in these situations, we get some great verses from friends, perhaps. You're kind of in the funk. You're kind of feeling anxious. You're kind of feeling, man, this is just, well, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. A beautiful verse. A wonderful verse. God's word never returns void. It goes out. It does something. It goes back. But you know what? If, if we haven't seen the crisis through the eyes of Christ, which I'm going to talk about in a few minutes, it doesn't necessarily stick. 
It works for maybe a few moments, a few minutes, a few hours, a few days. It doesn't necessarily stick. Others will say, man, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going, I'm going, I'm going. And life is just so busy. I'm just so busy, blah, 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 blah. Well, be still and know that he is God. Great verse. Fantastic verse. But again, if we haven't seen the crisis through the eyes of Christ and gotten his perspective on it and followed him through it, it doesn't necessarily stick. God's word always does something, but it doesn't necessarily stick with us. And so well-meaning, and they're beautiful, and man, I've spoken those things over myself. I've spoken them over other people, and, and yet some cool things have happened. But what I've realized, there's a, a more significant verse. When the crisis comes, and these verses supplement that verse, but when the crisis comes, this is the verse. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. You see, Philippians 4 is great, but until we experience Matthew 16, it doesn't really stick. Psalm 46.10 is fantastic. But unless at the forefront is Matthew 16.24, and that experience it doesn't stick. And I think this is where, why we have so much funk and so much frenzy, even among Christians, even in my own life. I mean, gang, I saw this in my own life. <clears throat> as much as, you know, a few years ago, I thought I was responding to a calling as I went back east, and God used it. Amazing things happen, as it, he always uses everything, as we sang about. But it wasn't so much a response to a calling as it was, a running from a crisis. There was a crisis in my own soul. There was a funk and a frenzy I was wrestling with and back and forth between that I couldn't get my hands around. But I can tell you, probably people saw it that knew me. As much as we're in a small group, Jeff, and you probably picked up on some things. Yeah, that sounds like a cool calling to go back east and do what you're doing. There was something off. Something just not quite right. And Bob Brining pointed something out and some others did. But you know what? In my desire to save face, to be honest, you know, there was just a sense of this is what I'm doing. I got this new fresh thing and God used it and he uses everything. And I'm so grateful for it. And I needed to make some changes. No doubt about it. But let me tell you what I didn't realize was I was in crisis mode and I needed more than anything to follow him. Amen. I needed to say, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow him. Instead, I just wanted to go have some fun in Atlanta. It's not a bad thing. God used it. Had some fun experiences. But what I've realized now is this greater sense of what he wants to do. So, as we go through this, as, as we go from, you know, growing in our faith and we hit the crisis point and there's funk and there's frenzy, what he's inviting us to is to follow him. Follow him. So I want to break this down for you. What does this look like? There's a denial, there's a cross, and a call to follow. 
There's a denial, a cross, and a call to follow. And I kind of did it like this idea because denial involves death. It involves a death to self. So let me give you these three things. Deny, cross, and follow. The idea of denial is denying of self, as he said in that verse. It's this call to live for his story. It's this call to say there's something bigger going on than my little world or even a global pandemic or even political chaos or, or a Middle East chaos. There is something much deeper going on. There's a much bigger story being written. And God invites me to go live for his story. You see, I want to live for my own story. Matter of fact, I want to be the author of the story so I can write in what I want to do and what it looks like so I can control my life. And he's saying instead, no, live for his story. Rick Warren in his best-selling book, 50 Million Copies, Googled it this morning. First four words of his book in The Purpose Driven Life. Does anyone know what they are? Yeah. It's not about you. Oh, but so, (laughs) so often I want to make it about me. And my gut is maybe you do that at times too. Make it about us. In Christ, the, the first thing to not live in funk, to not live in frenzy, to not back off and to just say, I want to have fun, is to say, it's not about me. There's a bigger story going on in this world that God is writing. And he invites us to join him in the story, put down the pen on writing our own story, and join him in his story. That's his invitation. Matter of fact, I want to read to you from Psalm 33. Verse 12. What joy joy for the nation whose God is the Lord whose people he has chosen as his own inheritance. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne, he observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts so he understands everything they do. The best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory. For all of its strength, it cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who are going after his story, those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from the death, from death, and keeps them alive in times of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our shield, our, our help and our shield. He and him, our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Isn't that good? So good. It's, it's the reality that God is doing something so big and so glorious, and we so often make it all about this right here. And he says, come and invite, or he says, I invite you to come and join me in the story that I'm writing. So three words that stick out to me for this is worship, gratitude, and surrender. A sense of worship. And every morning waking up and just saying, Lord, I just want to worship you. And you know what? Some things that always come to my mind is, God, this is your universe. This is your planet. It's your creation. 
you're running the show, you're in control, you know everything, you see everything, you have a plan, you're a God of love, you're a God of forgiveness, you're a God of redemption and restoration, uh, you're a God of, uh, of power and provision in the supernatural. And it begins to beg my heart to, to, and it invites my heart to just worship him. I say, wow, that's who God is. Amazing who he is, and it begs me to just worship and adore him and then to express gratitude to say, Lord, thank you for everything you give me. Are we grateful for the simple things in life? I think I've shared this before, but matter of fact, my first six months here and living with a family and and finding out that the wife could not smell or taste and Am I, am I grateful for the fact that I can smell and taste? 